Welcome to the Creekwood Church Podcast. At the end of this episode, please take a moment to download our app so you can keep up with everything happening at Creekwood. We hope this message inspires you and helps you discover practical ways to live a life of purpose. Enjoy. Good morning, Creekwood. How's everybody doing today? Yeah, I got to love having a little bit of fun in church today, right? And love it. Love Jersey Day. It is one of my, my favorite weekends. We have a lot of fun. We got a special treat for you after service as well. So just fun all the way around. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Galatians chapter 6. We will get to that in just a minute. Uh, but whenever Pastor Stephen asked for me to speak this weekend, uh, you know, I started thinking about this service, started praying about what God would have for me to share. And as, as I was doing that, I started thinking about the correlation between this weekend, sports being on the forefront of our mind, um, and our lives. And when we think about sports, you cannot watch a sporting activity game. You're not going to be able to watch the big game tonight without hearing about something uh, to do with a player coming back from an injury of some sort, right? They're going to talk about it. They're going to talk about how this person's out because of an injury. They're going to talk about how this person recovered just in time to be back for the game. It is part of sports. And just like it's part of sports, recovering from a setback, recovering from a disappointment or a hurt done to us is just part of life, right? We all have experienced hurt of some form, right? Maybe that's a, a broken dating relationship, being betrayed by a friend. Maybe it was uh, a failed marriage or getting let go of a job unexpectedly. We could just go on and on about setbacks that we've experienced in life. And the question comes, how do we recover from those setbacks? And I think, unfortunately, what happens is I think a lot of people come to the point in their life where they don't actually fully recover from a setback in their life that they become okay with living in a state of, I need to heal and recover from this, but they don't actually find that healing. And so today I wanna talk about that. And I wanna talk about how do we get back from the setbacks that we experience in life? Now you look around and we're all wearing, or many of us are wearing jerseys, right? We're talking about sports this weekend. And I'll be honest, I love sports. Um, but there's one sport that I really don't care for. I don't really enjoy watching it. I definitely don't enjoy playing it, and that is soccer. All right, so some of you are like, yes, I'm with you. Some of you are like, no, I love soccer. But here, there, I actually have a reason. I have a very legitimate reason for this. When I was a kid and I was at kids camp, we were uh, playing and competing for the best team at camp. We were the blue team. We were competing against a red, the red team. And the game that day was like soccer on steroids. We had double the amount of people on the field. So it was madness. And we were going all over playing soccer. I was one of the defenders. And the ball had been kicked from the other end of the field towards us. And it's kicked. And I see this ball coming. And I start backpedaling for it. And the ball goes over my head. 
And right as I get ready to turn around to chase after this ball, there was something that was coming to be behind me that I did not know. Our goalie, his name was Joe, he was actually our camp counselor. Uh, He was a pretty swole guy, looked like a linebacker for a football team, was running up behind me and proceeded to kick the ball to the other end of the field. Problem being, right as I turned around, the ball in my face met. And I woke up on the ground, surrounded by people and not having a clue what had just happened. And it was in that moment that I realized that soccer wasn't going to be for me because I valued my ankles, my knees, uh, my face, and and let's just be honest, my lungs, because you run a lot in soccer, too much to really care about soccer. And I arguably let that setback in my life impact me to where at this point in the middle of my life, uh, I still do not love soccer. I can't get excited about it. And maybe that's why, maybe it's something else. But I think we do the same thing in our life. And I think we let what could be a short-term setback become something so much bigger in our life and something that holds us back from what God has for us, for the life that he's called us into. And that is a life that is focused on him, that's free of of setbacks in our life. And so what I want to do is I want us to talk about this. I want us to take and, and, and talk about a couple of areas or a couple things that when we're dealing with setbacks in our life, we have to, we have to understand. I would call these like core principles to, to recovering from a setback in our life. And then I want us to talk about while we're in the midst of that, what are some things that we can do to continue growing in our faith, to continue to help ourselves to recover from that setback. I want you to write these down today. The first thing that we have to understand is that we have to give that recovery time. We have to give it time. Now, if we're honest, I think this is very hard for us because we live in a world where we want things immediately, don't we? I got frustrated this week. I ordered some stuff and I found out it was going to take six days to ship instead of two hours, right? This is the world we live in. We want our food fast. If a restaurant takes too long, we don't want to go there. Like you hear they're slow and then they end up out of business because everybody was talking about how slow they were, right? That's the world that we live in. And it's no wonder that we don't catch ourselves thinking things like, well, why am I still struggling with blank? months in because I expected to be over it already? Why haven't I recovered and why haven't I moved past this thing? I look at someone else and we don't actually know what they're walking through, but we compare our recovery to theirs. And we have to understand that we have to give it time. I'm going to read to you Galatians chapter 6, starting in verse 7. And it's gives us some things to begin to understand around around this idea of timing. It says, don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. Those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature, nature will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. But those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. 
And so in other words, there's a lot of things I think that we face in our life that while someone else may have had something to do with it, we contributed to that, right? We're gonna harvest what we plant. And also, if our motivation behind the things in our life It's something that may go to the side of being sinful, right? Like you want to make the most money because really the root of that is greed. What you're going to harvest is you're going to harvest death and decay. But then here's the uptick. Here's like the good thing in verse nine is, so let's not get tired of doing what is good because at just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. So if we pursue after God, if we, we come to him and, and we say we're going to do good at the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. And I think when we talk about coming back from a setback in our life, part of the challenge that we face is that I think many people give up before they get to the point of healing in their life, right? But for, for many reasons, but one is we think we should recover faster than it actually takes to recover. Um, This week I was reading and I was reading about how long does it take people to kind of get past some of the big things that we would say is setbacks in our life, relational setbacks and that sort of thing. And the article that I was reading, it was fascinating. There was two that really stood out to me because I think it applies to many, many people in this room. And if it doesn't apply yet, it will on this first one. And that's how long does it take to get over the loss of a loved one? Study found that it took four years on average to get over the loss of a loved one, with that grieving process peaking at around six months. Yet I would bet if we pulled the room, many of us have had a thought of, I'm six months, eight months into losing a loved one. Why have I not recovered from this? The study also found that when it came to someone that had gotten divorced, it took one year for every five years of marriage worth of recovery time before they could move on in their relationship and actually invest into another relationship in a real healthy, full way. Again, averages, but the point being it takes time. I'd love to sit there and talk through the other things in the study, but for the sake of time, what I want you to take from this is that generally our healing and our recovery on things takes longer than we think it's going to take. Process is different, but it takes time. Going back to verse nine, but God will work at our life at just the right time if we don't give up. We have to give it time. The second thing that we have to understand and wrap our mind around is that we have to be able to come to the point, maybe not initially, but of number two, letting it go. We have to let it go. Now you hear that and you go, well, of course, that's how you get over hurt is you gotta let it go. But again, the reality is, is that this is very hard to do because our natural uh, response is to hold on to hurt, right? It's, it's to go, I'm going to hold on to this. I'm going to think about it. I'm gonna live in it. And I'm going to stay stuck in the chaos of what has happened to me. And what it breeds is it, bring, it breeds anger and it breeds bitterness in our life. And what was a temporary setback, something that happened in our life, becomes something that stays with us and can define us for years, not because of what happened, but because of the anger and the bitterness that comes as a result of that and what we let into 
our life. Ephesians chapter four, verses 26 and 27, they speak to this idea of of anger in our life and what happens when we let that take root in our life. Verse 26 says, don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you are still angry for anger gives a foothold to the devil. Right, when we let something in our life turn into the point of being angry about it and holding that against someone or something, it actually gives our enemy, Satan, a hold on our life. And it can keep us back from so much in our life, including finding healing from that hurt. You know, one of the, the things that my, my wife and I, I think I started it and now she does it to me. Don't you love it, the way that works? But one of the things that, that we'll do is when one of us is upset about something, and this happened uh, during the, the ice storm when we were working at home for like four days with a two-year-old at home. It was great. Um, <laughs> but something had happened at work and, and some, some, she was getting some blame for some things and having to deal with some stuff and she was really frustrated about it. And she's like, I didn't have anything to do with this. You know, I mean, many of us have been in a similar situation and she had brought this up and then had brought it up and, and it kept raising its head and she kept kind of being worried about it and all that. And I was walking through the house and like off of Frozen, I just started singing really loudly, let it go. And she'll do that to me when I'm in a similar situation. But what that's become for us and is this little reminder to not let maybe what would be a small setback or a small offense turn into something big and to disconnect from that a minute and to look at it and go, is this really something that is worth us um, getting consumed by and allowing the devil to get a foothold in our life over, right? It doesn't always have to be a big thing like we might define it. It can be small things, small setbacks, small offenses that grow into something very, very big. And you see, we can keep the devil from getting a foothold in our life and begin healing by forgiving. But often what we do is we tie us forgiving to someone else, to them and their actions first, right? And we say things like, we say things like, you know what, I'll forgive them when they forgive me. Hey, if they'll change, then, then I'll change, that was their fault. I didn't have anything to do with it. Why should I forgive them? And we say things like this. But the problem with holding unforgiveness and making it about someone else is when we do that, that means our healing is tied to them and their actions instead of something that we have control over. And so when you think about that into your life, are you holding something and you're waiting for someone else to do something and you have not been able to come to the point of forgiving them for what they did to you. You see, because forgiveness isn't about them, it's about you. And I think for a lot of people, that's what stands in the way of the very healing that they're praying for and that they need in their life. So when we experience this setback and we're walking through healing, we have to understand it's gonna take time. And it's gonna often take way more time than we expect it to. And we need to realize that at some point, we do have to stop holding onto it and let it go. But what do we do in the meantime? 
What are some things that we can do to to continue in that process, to continue moving and walking through life and walking towards that healing that we need in our life? And I wanna give you a few areas of things that I've seen people walk away from or give up on that have the ability to make all the difference in your life. The first thing is keep praying, keep praying. We just walked out last month of 21 days of prayer and fasting, and many of you filled out prayer cards and submitted prayer requests online. I mean, hundreds and hundreds of prayer requests. And I saw over and over again, something to the effect of, I've been praying for this for four, five, six years. Some of them were like, I've been praying for six years. I don't even know what else to do. And I think what happens is when we've experienced a setback and it's taking longer to heal and recover from it than we expected, we can easily get to a point to where we say, you know what, I guess God's just not gonna answer this, I'm gonna stop praying. But just because God hasn't answered it does not mean that he does not hear you. And don't let yourself believe differently. Because when you think about it, maybe the thing that you're praying for, God still wants to do in your life. He still wants to make that happen, but the timing is not right yet. That answer that you're praying for at the wrong time is still the wrong answer. It's not what you want from God. You may be going, God, I've been believing this for six years and God's saying it's coming, but I'm doing things that you don't realize yet and I'm working in your life and there's still something that's coming, but don't you give up, keep praying, keep believing, keep pressing in to that. And here's the thing, Jesus understands what you're walking through. Listen to these words from Hebrews chapter four, verse 15. This is Jesus, this high priest, of ours understands our weaknesses for he faced all of the same testings we do, yet he did not sin. So Jesus, he walked through life and he experienced what we experienced. The difference between us and him is he didn't sin. He didn't get so frustrated. He didn't take it out on other people. He didn't um, pursue things in greed because he was Jesus. Verse 16 says, so let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. You see, Jesus has walked through and he understands what you're feeling, your, 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 what you cry out to him, what your prayers are. He's been there. Like one of his closest people sold for money him to be murdered. He understands what being a, a friend stabbing you in the back is like. He gets that. But this verse tells us that says, but we can come boldly to the throne of God's grace, of our gracious God. And it's in those moments when we come and we're coming in prayer, we're coming in worship with our lives that we find mercy and grace to help us when we need it most. In those moments when I can't do it on my own, when I need something else, when I need something supernatural in my life. One of the greatest tools that I've ever been given was being taught and learning to pray for people in my life that have hurt me. And I think a lot of times we would say people, we would say that we do that, but the way we say that prayer is we go, God, would you work in their life so that they'll forgive me? And it's all about how it impacts me. But I think the key to that and what I've seen in my life is no, 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 no. To a person that hurts you, pray for God's best for them. 
Pray that God would work in their life, but that not so it affects you, but so it would affect their family, that God would bless them, that he would change their life, that their life would be better than it's ever been. Pray God's best for them and watch what happens in your heart and in your life when you do that, right? You talk about the mercy and the grace of God. Man, God can do that in those moments. So you gotta keep praying in the meantime. Second area, to do in the meantime while you're waiting, while you're walking through, the, recovering from that setback, is keep connecting. Keep connecting. Grown up in church, been a part of Creekwood 17, almost 18 years at this point. One of the things that breaks my heart the most is when someone experiences something life shattering and their first reaction is to withdraw and disconnect. The first thing they do is they back off of their volunteer team and they say, hey, I've got too much going on in life right now. I just can't do this. They go and they stop showing up to their life group and, and that leads to stop showing up to church altogether. And in doing so, they remove themselves from the very thing that will support them and walk with them through the healing that they need. See, so you gotta get in community. You got to connect with people. Today is our life group launch weekend. You heard, heard the, them talking earlier about going and looking through the directory. We've got 60, almost 70 groups that you can go be a part of. If you don't have community in your life, maybe it's in a group you've already got built. Maybe it's you're in a volunteer team that you're really close with. Uh, but if you don't, you need to get in a life group and you need to find that community, because here's the thing about connecting with people, is when you need it most, if you don't have it, it's too late. When that thing happens in your life and you need people to walk through it with you and to be there and to surround you, if you have not already been creating that connection, it's too late to create it when you need it most. There's a Bible verse that I, I've heard for years and years and years. I've used it and I've taught from it before. Um, it's James chapter five, verse 16. And this is talking about how we find healing in our life and all of this. But I noticed something new from it as I was studying and preparing for this message that I wanted to share with you today. James five sixteen says this. It says, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. It's a really cool scripture and it really encourages us to be there for each other. But what jumped out at me this time was two words. The words confess and earnest. Because who are we most likely, put this in your shoes, who are you most likely to talk to someone about what you're struggling with? And who are you most likely to cry out to God, not like a little, like I'm sitting at the dinner table prayer, but like cry out to God for the people that we're closest with, right? The people that you've been walking with for years. You're not probably going to come down to a prayer team member and confess what you're walking through in life. That's not most of our first reaction. However, a friend that you've walked through deaths in their family and, and, and births in their family, the high points, the low points that you've known for years and you've built a relationship with, you can open up to and you can tell them things that you would tell no one else. What if the healing that you're looking for is going to be found in a group of people that you are walking through life with? Don't you dare let the lie of the enemy tell you to disconnect from that. 
when you walk through something and when you experience something that you don't have control over. So keep praying, keep connecting. And third, keep moving forward. Keep moving forward. You see, I think what so many of us can allow to happen in our life is something happens to us in our past. And then what we do is we spend all of our time worrying about if that or something worse will happen in our future. And in doing so, we forget to live in today. The thing about today is today is where the praying happens. Today is where the connection happens. Today is where the healing happens, not in the future and not in our past. And we forget to keep moving forward and to live in this moment because of things that have happened in our past, like we have control over it anyways. I wanna wrap up today with a scripture that I think is one of the most beautiful and encouraging scriptures about how we should strive to live our life in the faith and the trust that we should put in God. And I think if we could live this way, when you talk about recovering from setbacks and healing from pain in our life, this sums it up really, really well. And it's Luke chapter 12, verse 22. And I would ask you, if you need to close your eyes and listen to this, to do it. If you got distracted by your phone or you dozed off a little bit, lean into this, put your phone away. And I want you to let this verse just speak into your life. Luke 12, 22. Then turning to his disciples, Jesus said, this is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. Whether you have enough food to eat or enough clothes to wear. For life is more than food and your body is more than clothing. Look at the ravens. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns for God feeds them. And you are far more valuable to him than any birds. Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And if worry can't accomplish a little thing like that, What's the use of worrying over the bigger things? You know, some of you are here to hear that today. If worry can't accomplish a little thing like extending your life, what's the use of worrying over the bigger things? Look at the lilies and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing, yet Solomon, one of the wealthiest kings in all of Israel, in all of his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for flowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? And don't be concerned about what to eat and what to drink. Don't worry about such things. These things dominate the heart of unbelievers all over the world. But your father already knows your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else, and he will give you everything that you need. See, you may not have your dream job. You may not have the biggest salary. You may not have all of those wants, 
But what we see over and over again in scripture and in this passage is a promise that says, if we will pursue God, he will give us everything that we need. Keep connecting, keep praying, keep moving forward while you're in that meantime, give it time. And when it comes to the point to let it go, man, don't be afraid to let it go. Don't hold on to those hurts. Don't hold on to those things in your life. Like an athlete would go through rehab and work to come back. Man, let's do the same in our lives. Would you guys stand to your feet with me today? Just right there where you're at, just bow your heads, close your eyes, a moment of self-reflection. If you've never accepted Jesus Christ into your life, you can do that right there where you're at today. You can simply say a prayer just like you're talking to a friend. Say, Jesus, I believe that you died on a cross for my sins. I know that I've sinned and I invite you to come into my life. Would you forgive me of my sins? I wanna make you the Lord of my life. And you can begin a relationship with Jesus today. And if you would say, you know what, Kendall? I'm in the middle of something major in my life right now. I'm in the middle of a setback in my life. It's not one I've recovered from yet, but I'm walking through it right now. Would you raise your hand real high? I just wanna pray for you. We're gonna, as a church body, pray for you. Leave it up real high. And if you're around someone with their hand raised and you wanna reach a hand over to them, reach out towards them today, would you do that? And let's all pray over those that are in the middle of it right now. Lord Jesus, I pray for every single person in this room with their hand raised. God, I ask that you would meet them today right where they are at. God, with the things that they're walking through, God, that you would set them free, that you would be in the midst of it. God, that you would move them closer to the prayer that you're going to answer over this situation. God, we give it all to you. God, I ask that those around them would surround them, the relationships that they have, God, that they would lift them up and pull them closer to you in Jesus' name. God, for each and every one of us, Father, I ask that you would help us when we walk through a setback to understand these things, to press into you. And God, that as we walk through them, we would come out stronger on the other side than we did going into it. Father, we give it all to you today. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. And everybody said. Thanks for listening to the Creekwood Church Podcast. If you've made a decision to follow Christ, we want to partner with you on this journey. Learn more about taking your next steps by visiting our website at creekwoodchurch.com or by downloading the Creekwood app. We look forward to hearing from you.